0: terrific that is the sound of bill edgar's quirky football quiz book now i know marcus rashford and i know diego maradona i don't know the third figure at the top of the book oh
1: that's billy Wright.
0: oh yes it is the the first celebrity footballer
1: yes trying to trying to kind of give, give an indication that the Look, it isn't just about the, the last 20 years, you know, 20 or 30 years in the Premier League era. But we, we go back. We, uh, people enjoy their history. We cover all that.
0: Quite right. Which is why um, I have done eight quizzes. I've done eight of the 40. There's a thousand questions, 40 times 25, which gives a nice value of a thousand, which must appeal to your
1: mathematical side. Yes, that's right. I spent a lot of time working out what was the most satisfactory, satisfying number. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Around 1,000 was very good,
0: yeah. Yeah, and 49, you could do one a week for the entire gestation period of a human child. Uh, But each question has to be eye-opening or amusing. So, firstly, thank you for this book, because it is a remarkable addition to the football library, which is what we're here to induct it into. There are a few quiz books, none as quirky as this. Even the way, the angle of the way that the words are written on the spine is quirky. Yes.
1: So. Yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, that, that's certainly nothing to do with me. But when I saw <laughs> that idea, I thought, yes, I, I was. I thought it looks very, looks very good. Yeah.
0: It's a really, really eye-catching cover. It's got John Murray, the great John Murray, um, whom you must have met.
1: I um, I actually. <laughs> I've never. I mean, I've. I've uh, I heard him make this comment on on the radio. So, I, I was, so kind of a year later, when I was writing this book, I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll just get in touch to see if he still has the same idea, still still likes my stuff, you know. But no, I, I, I've actually never spoken to him other than uh, kind of an email exchange uh, when I was writing the book.
0: I saw him concede a goal because I went up to Salford to see the, uh, comet relief. Twenty four hour five aside with Shearer and Savage and John Murray was playing with Guy Mowbray and some of the commentators. I think Bruce Ball was there as well. And John Murray is a goalkeeper of notable repute, but he let one straight in through his legs. But right. he is the master of the form. But yes, I did eight of these quizzes and my scores were as follows. So quiz two, eleven and a half, uh quiz four, twelve and a half, quiz five, thirteen and a half, quiz six, fourteen, which I thought was pretty good. Bear in mind, I'm 34 in January. Uh, Seven, 12 and a half. Quiz eight, 10 and three quarters. Because I gave myself, I think, halves and quarters. And at one stage, I had to add a third to three quarters. Um,
1: (laughs) Yes, I suppose there is is scope for making up your own kind of uh, fractions for your total, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's brilliant. Uh, Quiz three, I got six points. So can I just make an early effort to say that quiz three is the hardest one? And it includes questions uh, like, which manager in charge of a Premier League team as of the start of this year is eight years older than the man who was appointed to that job in 1984? I'm not going to give away any of the answers, but I'm very pleased to note uh, that I got that one. So, I'm
1: pleased to that one.
0: Um, have you had people, since this book came out in September, emailing you their score sheets? Or
1: um, No, I haven't yet, but maybe I should uh, put that out on Twitter and sort of uh, ask people to... Uh, I mean, I think a couple of people have, uh, I guess, have kind of come back with, with figures. I can't remember exactly, but, yeah, maybe I should try and, um, try and get some sort of uh, official record of it. Yeah. I reckon
0: the scores will come flooding in at approximately 7pm on December the 25th. Which, is that a day off for you, December 25th? Um,
1: It is usually. Yeah, I don't know. Probably do about an hour or something on Christmas Day. But um, generally speaking, in the football season, I work every day, sort of seven days a week. Um, And then, uh, but in the summer, when there's no uh, European Championship or World Cup, then... um, it's very light you know a couple of months with doing doing very little so you, but I don't feel too guilty because uh, you know it's uh, it's uh, quite a slog during the season as I say it, literally every day um, you know it varies the number of hours you do but yeah. um you know, you, to do it properly, you really have to be uh, just working constantly.
0: You have to be on the board. And this all, has been this has been uh, a particularly savage year because you had no summer because I you did it one every day, every day of the European Championship Euro twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, the, the the lockdown of course of March to June uh, twenty twenty where the Premier League actually stopped and obviously uh, journalists it got slightly. Uh, Uh, along along with of course the more serious issue of the the, the general health of the country but in terms of how football journalists saw it I mean there's only so many times that you can write uh, kind of do a nostalgia piece for the paper and general general Comments about how football's going. You know, there's no no footballs being played. And there's no prospect of it returning. Then finally, you know, you just give up, and the, that that's the end of the the sports section. But luckily, it came back in June 2020, and from that moment, they were because um, the games were couldn't be attended by people. They they had the idea of putting every game live on TV, so they they spread them all out. So it was almost every day, and then last season, almost the entire season. Again, it was. It just spread out, so so you'd be yeah. It was almost as you as you say, five or six days a week there would be a Premier League game on. So that kind of post first lockdown yeah, project restart that went on right into August and straight into the next season, yeah. and then this this summer we had the European Championship. So so yes, it has been uh, very hectic, but I mean it, it's better to have it than not at all, of course.
0: Here, here. I have just read Peter Schmeichel's book written with the wonderful football library visitor and Aberdonian, Johnny Northcroft, who is now your colleague because the Sunday and the weeks have merged. And Schmeichel said that he more or less begged for a break at the beginning of 1999 because he'd had the World Cup season after two quite heavy seasons. And the argument is that your beloved Manchester United might not have won the treble had the Schmeichels not gone over to Barbados at the beginning of 1999. And... I'm not going to spoil any questions, but there's a question on the back of the book uh, that if you were listening to that last sentence, you might get the answer, which is not, it's not my favourite version of that question. I like, which team scored eight against Forest and nine against Forest? That's a, yes. that's a great... Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about how you construct the quiz. But this is basically a fact book in the form of quiz. It's like how I use yeah. Popmaster to learn about music. Uh,
1: history. Yes, it is. I mean, I wanted to, um, in in the column I do in the Times each week on a Monday and other little bits and pieces during the week, I mean, the, the main thing I do is look for uh, stats in football, but sort of um, slightly offbeat stats. So some of them can be uh, very instructive and significant and make can make a point, but others can make no point at all. You're just pointing out a coincidence. This is what I do all the time and I thought, well, it'd be nice to sort of put it in a book but but rather than just kind of rehash uh, or, what I've done in the past as it's two kind of straight columns why not make it put it in the form of a quiz book so so people could in, enjoy it I hope uh, as a quiz but even if they even if they know the answer they'll, they'll have or they can work out the answer they'll I hope people they'll be thinking about something in a way uh, that they haven't thought about it before and of course if they don't um, know the answer then that's something they've they've learned so it's just the, the column the, the kind of the fun element of the column I we uh, put into the form of a quiz book
0: yeah, yeah for instance there's a in quiz number five England lost 4-1 to England explain the statement and I, I think I went Mike England lost to Terry England but it's quite obvious. <laughs> if you know it and that is an example of football before 1992 and there is stuff for grandpa great grandpa nephew and dad to enjoy here and mum and mum. Yeah. Although yeah. there isn't so much about the women's game and we talked the night after England won, I'm not even going to say the scoreline because it's it's not fun. It must be sad yeah. when statistics are broken by such an unequal... I mean, everyone remembers Bon Accord, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And yes. everyone will remember yeah. Latvia for the wrong reasons.
1: That's right, yes. Um, yes, <laughs> you almost kind of feel a bit... Uh, guilty so when England beat um, San Marino 10-0 uh, the other day you know I, I was coming up with stats about it the, 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 you can have a lot of fun with San Marino but at uh, the, the same time there is this kind of nagging doubt well you know should, should it really be uh, uh, should San Marino really be involved yes. at the cutting edge of international football should it be uh, pre-qualifiers as uh, almost all the other confederations have but uh, on, on balance you think oh, I'll you know, have some fun. But <laughs> I will always,
0: so, I, I think I'll, it's the great, it's one of those where you shake people by the lapels and say, did you know that England scored as many away goals against San Marino as San Marino have ever scored in their history?
1: Yes, away. Exa- yes, exactly. And so, I mean, you're, you're in a way, you, you, everybody knows, or everybody who follows football knows that San Marino are terrible, they're the worst ranked, the worst team in the world and they get thrashed a lot. But but even so, you can illustrate the point. You can still, you uh, make if, if theoretically a jaw-dropping point uh, that people wouldn't have thought of or hadn't realized or it didn't realize to the extent that san marino was so poor so it's always you know you, you're not having to come up with a, a an area of a, a topic that people don't know about as i say everybody knows san marino is bad but you can have a lot of fun uh, I, I remember there was a yes they they went almost uh conceding a hundred goals in a row without scoring themselves you know so you, you're always following following that sort those yeah. sort of trends and keeping a note of them you know in the hope that something comes up and you've got a good stat you know
0: and that's what it is it's it's the the research that you have to do for these columns and then hoping that you can stick it in yeah are you hoping? That a recently fired manager gets hired for the start of next season.
1: Uh, yes, indeed. You, you you do have all the time. Uh, uh, you know, I've got a, a file of sort of a uh, write down that. when when these two teams uh, meet each other. That would be that will be of interest. Um, so there's one question. Um, it, it doesn't matter too much. If we give the, the odd question away, okay, but uh, th- there was one. Um, Harry Redknapp and Richard Pochettino. I I could often get, just flick through the birthdays of the managers just to see if there's anything of note, you know, three born on Christmas Day or whatever. Um, anyway, I saw uh, they had the same birthday. Uh, now, this was around uh, 2013, I think, and Pochettino was playing for Southampton, for, was manager of Southampton, and Redknapp was manager of Tottenham. And I, don't, I wonder if I mean, the other birthday is something in March. the something master six or something um I wonder if you know it'd be interesting if they actually meet on that day and um so uh I, I looked it up and uh most of the time of course it, you know it won't happen you know you just you're just hoping against hope and sure enough they were on that, that season meeting on that, their, their birthday and um so so I was able to say that uh I remember at the time I I made that point and then in, I put it in the quiz book and it and um uh, I said, what, what was odd about these two managers meeting? On, on I think on this particular day, or March the no, second, and, um, March the second, yeah, March the second. So I was then able to put down the the odds that, or um, how regularly two, uh, a, 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 how regularly a Premier League match would uh, contain two managers whose birthday it was on that particular day when they met.
0: Yeah, on the day of and, the fixture, uh, yeah.
1: On the day of the fixture, yes. And uh, again, I'm, it's off the top of my head. It should happen something like once every 300 or so years. 351
0: or something, I don't know. years. That's like five Halley's yeah. Comets. Yes, it's exactly. Well, firstly, that, I mean, that's a chapeau of chapeau, because to get to the fact, just to the hyphen, and then add this, the... um. The actuarial nature of it. That is, that's yeah. mighty. Yeah. And one thing that The Athletic doesn't have, and, and I love what Alexi AKJ has done over there. I think he used to be your boss. Alexi yeah. managed to take Oli Kay, Danny Taylor, um, but not you. Yeah. I, 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 I used to like asking people if they were invited to join The Athletic, but uh, I will limit myself to, do you read The Athletic?
1: Um, yes at time. I mean it, I, as a broad point I kind of I mean I read all the football in the times and odd bits here and there but really I have almost made a conscious decision I just have to how is it best to use up the kind of 50-55 hours a, a week uh, working and really it's I've decided it's just best to just research watch games think of ideas work out ideas and, and, and while I kind of Keep abreast of obviously what's going on, what people are writing. To a certain extent, I really just have to focus on uh, on my own work. I, I just can't spend a couple of hours a day reading what other people have said. I just haven't got time. So, 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 and no doubt when I'm when I retire from doing this, I, I will. But I, I just have to uh, just focus on my own work. So um, it, it just takes so long, you know, to, to try and come up with the, these ideas that um, that, that I, it, it becomes quite a, a one-track mind, really. You know, uh, other hobbies are kind of put to one side until um, till I stop doing this, really.
0: And what happens when you tell either Nina... Your wife, or Josh, or Hannah, your kids—this fact that you've unearthed in a kind of Archimedean moment—do they give you short shrift? They go, oh, it's another fact. Yeah, my son
1: Josh, yeah, he's he's uh, interested and he's he's fascinated. But but my uh, wife, Nina, no, she's uh, she's not particularly into football at all, Uh, and specifically, she's. She's really not into these kind of statistical quirks, so she just kind of looks at the column and just kind of in a bemused fashion, and says, "Well, presumably somebody likes it if you're if you're writing and somebody's paying you to write this, but it's kind of it's absolutely gobbledygook, so it's uh, utterly meaningless to her. So, um, in a way, that's quite nice because I can kind of separate. You know, you spend so much time working on on, on football. At least work, when when that's done, I can go downstairs, and then she, she's not expecting me to start talking about the minutiae of football stats for another half hour. You know, we'll just it, talk it, yes, about something yeah. else.
0: You know? Yeah, there's so, uh, something on the athletic. Perhaps um, yeah. <laughs> is she interested in the Highland clearances?
1: Yes, a little bit. She's. Yeah, she, you know, she did, uh, she did history at uh, a university. But yes, yeah, so you're touching on my uh, my father's book. No, uh, I just which, wanted to uh, note
0: this. It's Volume 3 has just come out. This is your dad, Alwyn, who introduced you to football numbers and quirks. But at 93, yeah. is still at yeah. work. Uh, so I just wanted to plug yeah. that. Um, yeah. Because I, d- I know there were Highland clearances. I don't know what it is. And so how has he gone about researching it?
1: Well... I mean, he's, he, um, he started around 1960 and he's pretty much that's what he's done. He's, he's taught, he's done a bit of part-time teaching, a bit of amateur acting and things like that, but basically he's done that. So he's more or less come up with what should be really the definitive version of the Highland Clearances, which was the, the people who lived in the highlands of Scotland, the 18th century and a, and a bit later, were forced out from their land because um, it was very valuable to have sheep grazing there. So they were pushed out and uh, they either, either kind of lived on very poor land or they just decided to go and uh, emigrate to America or Canada. And lots of them died on the, the boat journeys there. So it's hard really to support what happened. Uh, but it's, it's kind of little known, surprisingly, given it was in Great Britain in 250 years ago. Hmm. Um, so anyway, he, he's spent his life really turning up everything, read everything that's ever Written about the Scottish Highland clearances and has gone to the libraries and turned out, you know, had to shave open, sort of cut open books that yes. have never been read from the 18th, 18th century. Um, and every religious representative of every clan and every little village in the Scottish Highlands had to make a report, uh, a couple of reports in the 18th century. So you've got all, there's plenty of detail there. So if you really your mind to you You can kind of work out what happened and the lifestyle and and you can you can kind of prove what pretty much everything has been said is a myth you know that there was overpopulation or they were unhappy this sort of thing so anyway he's done all that but he's been very lucky because he's he's, um remains in very good health in 93 both bodily and in his mind so uh um now he's 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 procrastinated a lot because the more you i think as a writer for me it's, it's quite different i'm a as a journalist you're just used to turning out stuff you know they'll say right in 45 minutes we need 400 600 words on this thing it gets to 45 minutes there's no good thinking you know i could actually phrase that a bit better or maybe there's a fact that would slightly support my point a bit better you know you just got to send it straight away there's no so you just get used to this idea of sending sending but if you're a an author there's always especially if you're kind of really doing the research on your own as you know there's no deadline you know and you think well i've been working on for 40 years but if what if i release it there's somebody might have a might question what i've said here i just need to make a a fifteenth or a twentieth point, just to back up <laughs> what I'm saying. So it's absolutely irrefutable. Well, there's a new, a new book has come out on the Scottish Taylor that he needs to respond to. So it, it just goes on and on. Anyway, finally, in the last kind of uh, three or four years, he's got out two of the five volumes. A third we hope is out soon, and then the other two. The other two are kind of written, but they just need to be tidied up and have a, an index put on them. Oh, so boy. anyway, so that's my uh, thank you. So, Different kind of writing, really. I mean, uh, my stuff to his. So yes, I guess I've got writing from from his. But I mean, in his spare time, he would point out these sporting quirks—football, cricket, whatever—and uh, as I was growing up, so uh, I probably got all these sort of got the bug from him. Really,
0: you did write something because there's the the Monday recaps and then the Saturday. Is it uh, Edgar's Wonders? Not, no, that's Winter's uh,
1: Wonders. Uh, each Saturday, I do uh, kind of a, the previews of the. Uh, Premier League games, so just to kind of, I pick out a statistical point of interest related to each game, and then and then one, and then one particular game, I pick out four or five. It's the kind of matching focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have that every weekend, and then um, yes, I do other little panels, statistical panels here and there, and then we also have every every three weeks we have a big kind of online column where you you called the, the game daily, yeah. where you just absolute freedom to think of whatever you want. So that's great. So. Um, as when the, the, it was the 150th anniversary of the first FA Cup game recently. So I just had the cart kind of carte blanche just whatever I wanted, wanted on the history of the FA Cup. So it's a massive piece. So it's quite nice to have that as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And can I add that Miggy Delaney of the Independent, Miguel Delaney, has a book about uh, the FA Cup 150 years out in March. Hopefully I'll be getting him in. Um, yeah. There was a really good chat you had with the great Nick Cox, who was at Watford for a long time. And he is now in charge of maintaining Man United's 4,000-plus game streak of having an academy player in the lineup. Ah. I am doing, over Christmas, the 12 Days of Fergie. So I'm currently two-thirds of the way through Michael Crick's book, having read Paddy Barkley's book, your erstwhile colleague. Yeah, um, yeah. And you have been, indeed, you've been at the Times for 24 years, 25 years next year, which is a kind yeah. of Fergusonian regime. <laughs> Um, yes. Uh, yes. I, I. You know,
1: 1997. Yeah. I remember the first match was Sheffield United to Sunderland 0 August 1997. I went there and started off just writing and doing some sub-editing, but sort of built up writing, and after uh, three or four years, it it just became. Uh, writing only and in, in the, the the early days I was doing match reports and uh, press conferences pre-match press conferences and, uh, and other press conferences and general roundups a lot more but as the years have gone on I've got more into the, the statistical ideas and I'd say I think I, why have I been at the Times all that time I, I guess the Times is, it's my stuff has sort of perhaps suited the Times more than other uh, papers and perhaps as you know, one of the sports editors have been quite keen to push this kind of thing. And looking for statistical landmarks, uh, Opta from from 2006, I remember Opta uh, began sort of tactically assessing every Premier League game, not just the ones that were live on television, but everyone So so from that, there was a big kind of database of uh, stats from which. Um, you know, you could you could start to make one or two tactical points. I remember so at the times went very big on that for a while. So yes, it's been a long time. Yes, lots have changed. Lots, of course, has, has changed. Now we at the when I started, it was obviously, hundred percent readers were reading in print, but it's now uh, you know four fifths or more really online. So it's all, uh, yeah, all changed. Yeah.
0: Well, one of the things I'm sad about is the think tank, or I suppose it'd be called the Lord think tank has <clears> stopped. <throat> that was the first thing I read every Saturday because his style, much like yours, is warm and genuine. Unfortunately, he's a Chelsea fan, but, um, we can overlook. Yeah. Uh, Danny Finkelstein is one of the many great writers. He's now, I think, the executive editor at the Times. This sports section, Dicko, Matt Dickinson's been there for yonks. Simon Barnes was there. I used to read him every week. Syed has stepped into the Wellington boots of Simon Barnes and does his thing that we were talking about before we came on air. Was it 2014? I remember being in uh, Wimbledon, and I think I saw on the front of the Times, Henry Winter Transfers. Um, yes. is it, having You must have read him for years or, or seen him on the beats for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Would you keep saying to him, no, no, I've got the job and uh, he has coveted that job for years and he finally got it and now he's got his million followers. But as Match yeah. Report writers go, I don't think anyone's better than H. Winter.
1: Yeah, I was absolutely. It flows well and, you, you, you know, you, you, people who aren't journalists... You, you know, it, it's hard to understand how difficult it is to make a, a piece f- flow that, that's written, you know, twelve hundred words or so, pretty much on the final whistle. Um, and absolutely, yes, yeah, he's a master of that. Um, and he came, yes, he was at the the Telegraph before uh, the Times. Um, and uh, yes, well, I, I, I know he said all the right things when he came to the Times. I think that uh, Geoffrey Green was his hero. The the he uh, was football correspondent to the,
0: the Times for two or three decades, the 50s and 60s, into the 70s, I think. Absolutely a pillar pillar of the, the paper. Oh, I was going to say, yes, this is what I was going to say. On Monday, you wrote this sentence. Leicester's London-born Leipzig lonely Lookman left-footed scored. That's that's a Henry Winter kind of phrase. I think maybe, <laughs> maybe the subs would have cut that, but I loved that. Unfortunately, he scored against Watford. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yes, I could have. Uh, that that was one where I, I I was looking over loans. I think earlier in the season I was uh, looking which clubs had made the uh, made the most loans, uh, brought in the most loan players in the Premier League. And when I just thought, "Oh yes, he's come from Leicester Lookman, He's come from Leipzig to Leicester and uh, on loan." And uh, and I wonder if he if he's going kind to of score left footed. He <laughs> hasn't been hasn't scored in the Premier. League It was his first Premier League goal, I think. So it would um in for less that it. so i've been waiting wait, at least i've been, you know, waiting group to to score a weekend and then seeing seeing if there's any. I could extend that little uh, alliteration and you kind of slightly um when i do that I'm, I'm aware that some some people prefer more significant statistics that' are going to prove something so something like that well, well there's plenty of people who who like it a bit of fun you know, there's there's a big market in among football fans for the kind of that that sort of stat nerdy kind of statty thing there's there's also one or two kind of who prefer more significant points so they'll they might make a sort of sour comment at the bottom but uh you know i, I, put, I put it in but i don't make a big i try and keep it strictly to, to 10 words or something so that if people don't like it then well, they will be or be well the next sentence they'll like so uh, uh, yes you know, that's I'll, very good if you kind of don't like
0: this up, one there'll be another one along in a minute